0: You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is another episode of Journey to Success. Uh, I'm Dr Nadeem Bhatti and I'm really happy to have with me today uh Chief Inspector Shaheen Babar of Police Scotland uh Chief Inspector very nice welcome to the show Assalamu alaikum thanks for inviting me on the show again congratulations because I think you're probably the only are you, are you in fact are you the only Muslim uh chief inspector in police Scotland
1: Yes, I'm the only Muslim
0: <laughs> chief inspector or in the a, village a, a, <laughs> the
1: only only police officer that's a chief inspector at the moment that uh, is Muslim. Uh we do have a, a superintendent uh, uh who is also uh of uh, of the Muslim faith, uh chief uh, superintendent Farouk Hussain. Hussein and then we have uh, other minorities at different levels yeah. uh, of ranks in the police. Uh but yes, at the moment uh, it's true to say I'm the only chief inspector.
0: Okay, what what does that actually mean? Because I, mean, I know what a policeman is, uh, I know what a sergeant is, he looks after the police station, but what is a chief inspector's kind of role?
1: Um, well, there's a, a number of different roles that a chief inspector does. Uh, the, the best way to explain it uh, is in uh, an area. Um, so a chief inspector is the area commander of, say, the south side of Glasgow, Um uh, in fact, for Glasgow itself, we have eight chief inspectors that cover the Greater Glasgow area, and they all, all have their different areas. So, for example, a chief inspector that may be based at Gifnick Police Station uh, covers yep. Newton-Mearns, Barhead, Neilston, in the Gifnick area. A yep. uh, chief inspector that is in uh, Eakinhead Road, Cathcart area will cover Castlemilk, Govanhill um, and uh, Gorbals yep. areas. So they're large areas where a chief inspector is responsible for.
0: And and what do you cover? Well,
1: I'm based at um, uh, an office called the Scottish Crime Campus Mm -hmm. just outside Glasgow. Uh, It's in a small town called Mm Gartkosh. It's a multi-agency building. Uh, I'm in a national unit. Uh, Mm -hmm. My national unit is the Safer Communities Unit. And specifically within that... Uh, Department, actually, I'm in the equality and diversity unit now. So, my role is at the moment, I am the lead uh, in strategic work involving equality and diversity for Scotland, for Police Scotland, Um, and the 13 police divisions that's 13 divisions in uh, Scotland um, that Police Scotland covers. So, the equality and diversity strategic work. My unit and department, and with my colleagues, um, we deliver strategic work for yeah. the front line right. police officers, right. uh, policies and uh, approaches to different issues and problems. Uh, we link in very closely with partners, mm-hmm. uh, including the Scottish Government mm-hmm. um, and the Crown Office and various third sector uh, groups that work in the, the world of equality.
0: So I was going to say, I mean, that that's very different from what you probably started out as doing uh, or an ordinary police officer on the beat who's dealing with sort of domestic crime or other issues. I mean, that sounds very different. I was going to ask you, what's a typical day like for you? You're doing this kind of work that we would see on TV, for example. I
1: have been in the, the police service now in Scotland for 22 years. Yeah. Uh, so when I first started out, I was an operational police officer in uniform uh, in the front line, uh, as to say. But just to give you a bit of history uh, over the last 22 years, uh, I would start off just now with saying that today we have one police service in Scotland, uh, Police Scotland, as people know it as. Mm. Um, In 2013, Police Scotland was born out of eight police forces in Scotland before that. So I joined uh, 22 years ago, or 23 years ago, uh, with Strathclyde Police, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, uh, it was initially posted in the Easterhouse area of Glasgow Mm -hmm. uh, in the mid-90s.
0: That was a tough, it would have been a tough beat, I think.
1: Well... uh, (laughs) When I was first told, uh, when I was Mm -hmm. in the the training school in uh, Tully Allen, I was told that uh, we, uh, all all the recruits, I think there was about 78 in my course uh, who had joined the police. I was the only Asian guy there. Uh, In fact, I think I was the only Asian chap uh, in the whole college at that time. So this Uh, is 22 years ago? Yeah, 22 years ago, uh, in the mid-90s, 1996, and... uh, everybody got their envelope to see where they were going and I opened mine, it said Easter mm-hmm. House area and I thought they were joking, <laughs> you know, I thought somebody's put it up. But uh, So it, I spent five years in uh, Easter House police station. Um, I did my shifts, my day shift, back shift and night shift uh, and I have to say, absolutely brilliant time I had mm. Uh, mm. in those five years in Easter House um, in the mid-90s, uh, not what I thought uh, well, what was the world of Easter it? House. What, what did you enjoy about it? Well, w- what I learned was that there are good people everywhere. Easter House in those days and, and, and you know, some of the, the bigger schemes around Glasgow had bad reputations. Very bad and, reputation. And yeah, some still yeah, do. Yeah. But um, when you were in amongst the area, in amongst the people uh, that live there, very quickly I realised that the stereotype thinking that that I had and 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 we all have mm-hmm. um was not justified uh, mm-hmm. a lot of good people that wanted the best for their community in easter house uh hard working people yeah. um and and you know they they wanted the best for them and it was unfair uh mm-hmm. on on them uh what mm-hmm. the reputation was of the area and very quickly I had realized that all it takes is one family in the street or a small bunch of people that would bring the whole area down or the whole street down or give it a bad reputation or cause trouble. But the vast majority, the silent majority, were good, hard-working people that just wanted to get on with their life like anybody.
0: So so that's great because you, even you went in with stereotypes when you went in there to, to start with. Yes. Again, you know, I
1: had... I'd only been to Easter House once in my life mm-hmm. um, and I think I was on the M8 and and uh, I was travelling uh, out of Glasgow and my wiper broke and it was raining heavily. I had to take the cut off and the nearest <laughs> cut off was Easter House yeah. and yeah. Uh, I, my mother was with me at the time and we stopped near a shopping centre to, to get a phone box because in those days mm-hmm. obviously we didn't have yeah. mobile phones. And uh, I have to say, I actually sent my mum to go and make the phone call <laughs> looking for help rather than me because there was, it was uh, some uh, dodgy character standing <laughs> at the phone box. But the point, the point is that, you know, it's not an area where Asians lived. Yeah. yeah. Um We all have heard of a uh, reputation of big schemes, yeah. um drug dealing, uh, violence, knife crime, um racism. Um, mm. And these are the kind of things that were in my head mm. going into the front line uh, uh, at, the, at the time. But again, like I say, very quickly, you know, my police colleagues at the time, they were really supportive. They were helpful. Right. Uh, my supervisors uh, were very good. Um, and very quickly, I realized that the police was a family in itself. Yeah. Um Trust mm. grew very quickly mm. and uh, everybody helped each other, guided each other. I got mm. the support I wanted. Uh, I was able to learn very quickly how to deal with really difficult situations yeah. uh, internally within the police and externally out with the public. And um, and like I said, very quickly I became, became yeah. to, to enjoy the yeah. area. Yeah. I looked forward to going to work. Um, Whether it was snowing, raining, it was night shift We knew, you know, I had a job to do And I made sure that I got to work on time And and, and got involved Volunteered for all the the jobs that Mm -hmm. were not really the best, you know Um, Which is,
0: it sounds like, I mean, that's interesting You said you volunteered for all the jobs That, That sounds like something, if you want to get on in a job It's probably important to do Well, yeah
1: I volunteered as best i can uh for 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 jobs that may not be the nicest and and, and for yourself to to understand what kind of things are meaning yeah. is that uh, if you had uh you know some police officer would have to stand by uh a, a, a dead body until mm-hmm. the the mortuary mm-hmm. came or yeah. the doctors came and, and removed the body and, and it would maybe a you know in the middle of the night it's freezing cold, it's outdoors and yeah. you know, you want to you know, those kind of jobs that, you know, it's it's not the nicest. No. Now, I didn't volunteer for all these jobs <laughs> but the point I'm making is yeah. that the way I saw it early on in my career is that I wanted to learn everything. Right.
0: Do, do you think it made a difference being from a Sort of Pakistani background or Asian background, in what way? Uh, being the only one, for example, there did it. Was there any advantages even?
1: Um, I don't, I don't think it was any advantages. Um, but I wanted to make sure there was no disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I have to say I didn't see any mm. disadvantages mm-hmm. because in an operational sense, Uh when the job needs to be done Uh and your boss or sergeant or, um, you know, the inspector um, said, these are the jobs we need to do, these are the resources we have tonight, Uh Uh, you need to do this, you need to do that, or somebody else needs to do that. You just got on with it and done it without thinking too much. Um, On some occasions, you would look for somebody who's experienced in something and they would be tasked to mm. do the, a certain job so for, for example you know i would never given a death message to anybody mm. yeah. to go up to go and give a message to a parent yeah. that somebody in their family uh, yeah. you know uh, has, has died or passed yeah. away or you know and that's not what anybody likes to do no. now to be able to do that experience that you need to you need to do it mm. once or twice yeah. you need to put yeah. yourself in that difficult yeah. situation yeah. and say look as a professional, mm. here's my here's my task, and I'm going to deliver it at the best of my ability. Mm. Um, but these these are jobs that uh, you know every police officers have uh, has to do, yeah. uh, male or female, you yeah. know, be Asian or, or non-Asian. Um, didn't really think of it mm. in that way.
0: Good. I mean, that. Thank you for for talking about some of the early days. What was a typical day like for you now? Because obviously you're now in a different Kind of way of working. You're in, in. In. I assume you're in more of a kind of office capacity, dealing with a lot of meetings and and people at other levels. Uh, what What's What's a typical day like for you?
1: Well, now you know. Obviously, twenty two years later, I think uh, just to kind of give you a, a quick rundown. The five years I spent in Easter House, um, um, as an operational police officer. Uh, after that, I spent three years. Uh, as a community police officer in the north of Glasgow, mm-hmm. in the Sight Hill area uh, of Glasgow, uh, I was based at Bear Street Police Station. Um, in 2001, I, I started... There I was a, bit, a
0: lot of ethnic minorities there, a lot of diverse community there. Diverse
1: community there. In 2001, um, we had a lot of asylum seekers coming into Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, they were placed in Sighthill and and Springburn areas. For example, um, in 2001, we had nine eleven, as you know, oh, yes. and then the war uh, in Afghanistan and uh, then Iraq. So uh, an increase in uh, refugees, mm. asylum seekers. Uh, previous to that, we had uh, in 1990s, late 90s, we had refugees and asylum seekers from Bosnia and Kosovo. That that came into to Glasgow, uh, but most of them had left by two thousand and one, and and we had, uh, from people from Afghanistan and Iraq and uh, and many other places. Mm-hmm. So I was in that area. My three years there in Sighthill gave me a great experience in engaging with a variety of communities. So all in all, eight years I spent as a frontline police officer in uniform, mm-hmm. and that gave me a solid grounding. Mm-hmm in the job I do today. Mm -hmm. Um, But eight years in the front line. Thereafter, I went into specialist units. I went to intelligence. I worked at uh, airport police for three years or two and a half years Mm -hmm. and then moved into sort of intelligence roles. And thereafter, I got promoted a couple of times and then I moved into headquarters, uh, Mm -hmm. national units in one of them, which I'm in today, um, which now involves... Um, strategic uh, delivery of policies and develop them with our partners and with Scottish government. So a typical day for me would be to address serious issues that may be related to any of our protected characteristics. So for example, if it was a racist incident, a homophobic incident, uh, anti-religious incident, if that happened anywhere in Scotland, hate crime, ineffective. Mm, um, We would, uh, our team would note that at a national level, support the division that it relates to, Mm -hmm. um, support them if they need most of the time they are able to manage these kind of issues mm-hmm. locally. Mm-hmm. So that's an operational level. We look at that every morning. So if there was you know, a, a racist incident or a, a Islamophobic incident, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. then we would make sure that uh, our processes are, are adequate and, and all the procedures are being followed. Uh, if there is anything at a national level that may involve our mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. Uh, that may be a media story, uh, we're able to, to deal with that. But at the same time, we are developing policies and strategies and improving them um, for police I mean, in there, the whole I mean, there's whole obviously, country.
0: have you yourself seen... I mean, it seems as if there's a huge rise in the number of kind of Islamophobic uh, or racist incidents, especially since uh, in the last few years. Would you say that's accurate?
1: I will say, I think we need to kind of discuss this a bit mm. rather than a, a simple yes or no yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, now I I do believe that mm. there has been over a number of years mm. um a rise mm. a rising yeah. of intolerance yeah. in our society. Yeah. And intolerance of almost all kinds mm-hmm. you know we can measure if we can um you know anti-Islamic mm-hmm hatred or extremism is rising, I think it is, you know, of
0: how much it's rising. Can you literally and, see it going, like, let's say there's an incident that happens on the news or something, say, do you do you see something happening the next day, or does it tend to be a bit more of a kind of gradual uh, well, process? Well,
1: that's actually a, a really good question, and I think, again, to explore this a wee bit, over the last number of years, mm. due to issues... Involving terrorist acts around the country or around the world, groups such as Daesh and ISIS, yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, the war in Syria has been and, and conflict in the Middle East, especially, you know, has uh, has affected all our communities in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I think there has been a gradual kind of upward rise, mm-hmm. upward trajectory in yeah. anti. Immigrant, mm. anti-asylum, uh, mm-hmm. anti-ethnic, anti—you know—Muslim, yeah. anti-Jewish, yeah. anti—anything. Um, you know, el- el- yeah. There has yeah. been yeah. a rise in that. So we've seen the the results of the the Scottish referendum, uh, Brexit uh, elections around the world from mm-hmm. different uh, nations, um, and we can see that general rising in intolerance mm-hmm. now. That's why I don't like to answer this question in a sort of yes or no. Yes, there has been a rising anti-Islamic rhetoric, Mm. um, but we have to put it into perspective as well, and we have to have a measured response as a community, Mm. as a society, and as a police service Mm. as well. Now, if somebody's been a victim of any kind of hate crime, any kind of hate crime, okay, they must report it, they should report it mm. um, and then it's up to the police to deal with it as best as they can as a crime. Now, the difference is, we could come on to that uh, shortly as well, is what is a crime and what is a hate incident, which mm. is always a confusing thing for many people, mm. and what is the thresholds, yeah. you know, what is the tolerance levels yes. that we should have or yeah. anybody should have in society? Well, let,
0: let me ask you, this is something that's happened just recently recently. Um, there was letters that have been sort of sent around the internet and it's about people have actually called it Hurt a Muslim Day. And they basically said, well, you know, if you if you rip somebody's hijab off, you're going to get X number of points. Do something else. I create an incident at a mosque. There'll be another number of points. It's obviously been, but it's been sent out through internet and through people's door, uh, you know, uh, you know um, doorways. Um, there's something like that. Obviously, uh, whoever's done that, how would the police respond to that? I mean, what what would be the would they be Would you have a meeting the next day and say, right, let's sit down and discuss what our response is? What well, what is there a kind of process, and would you be involved with that?
1: Well, yeah. Um, so again, that's an example. Obviously, those letters in in the first couple of weeks of March. Yeah. Um. Um. I think mostly at that time. Uh, has been in london uh and i think some some midlands um areas um but th- these you know these kind of offensive um letters uh, or threatening letters uh is not common mm. it's it's few and far between mm. um, but when they do happen they're treated as they should be. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I, I, as far as I understand, I think in the, in the first two weeks of March, the, the uh, terrorism units in, uh, North East England, mm-hmm. I think that were dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So you can see the importance that they're putting on that as well, mm-hmm. because they see yeah. that as extremism. Yeah. It's a hate crime. Yeah. It is a hate crime. That's clearly without question. It's anti-Islamic mm-hmm. hate crime, inciting hatred, mm-hmm. and it will be dealt with by the leading force, um, you know, especially again, if these uh, letters are, are are national. But if this happened about... in
0: Scotland, if this happened in Glasgow, what what would you guys be so, doing? So,
1: so uh, uh, again, we'd uh, you know, if it was an isolated incident in Glasgow, we'd de- again deal with it as a, a hate incident, hate crime. Um, because those letters have been national, we would link into other police forces mm-hmm. that are dealing with it. Um, each reported incident would be dealt on its own mm-hmm. as a crime um you know you'd gather the evidence for that Mm -hmm. uh you deal with the the victim the potential victims and you'd link in with other forces and and we would be involved in that at a national Mm -hmm. level Mm -hmm. so what i would be doing on my daily level so if that was happening um in scotland uh, i would be linking in with my divisional partners Mm -hmm. um our intelligence people i'd be making sure that uh, we are able to um Feedback to relevant people what yeah. information we can I'd yeah. also be linking in with our community groups. Yeah So for example if it was an anti-islamic uh, mm. issue in, in, in one or these letters were in, in some part of uh, Scotland I'd link into the local community people mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. Maybe even the Muslim Council of Scotland Right. Okay. just to raise the issue raise the awareness and say we're dealing with it okay. any information uh, should be passed on and at the same time kind of calm our communities with the the, the feedback that, you know what, everybody knows about it and that we're doing uh, what we need to be doing, um, but we need that sort of kind of response and support from the communities as well. Um, We've had many of these issues, especially after terrorist incidents uh, since uh, I, I, I'd I say since, especially around 2015 onwards mm. uh, after the Paris attacks oh, I think yes. it was January 2015 um, since then there have been a number of kind of terrorist, large scale terrorist incidents mm. in, in Western Europe and, and, and in the UK especially in 2016 as well and then we had the uh, you know, the ones um, in, uh, in London uh, Finsbury Park area for example where the van was driven towards Muslim. So it's it's extremism of all kinds that's rising. The far right is rising mm. as well. So it has been taken as seriously. I'm personally involved in yeah, that as well yeah. to make sure yeah. that uh, we have a good response, a measured response, a proportionate response, mm. and a justified response as okay. well. And that is same with the working mm. with the communities as well to reassure people that you know what well, we, yeah. we we are we're all involved in this together.
0: Okay. James about to let me take you away from all of this now and let me ask you a bit more about you personally and your like your childhood what what, what was it like growing up for you and how long ago was that if you don't <laughs> mind me asking you
1: so um, in Glasgow I was born and bred in Glasgow in uh, 1972 and I don't mind saying that <laughs> um 1972, born and bred in Glasgow, Uh, mother and father obviously Pakistani uh, background, Uh, my grandfather from the Indian side uh, background uh, as well.
0: I remember your grandad very well actually, he was was very well known because he ran the little shop. At the mosque, so a lot of people remember him from that. Yeah, so he, he was he, very, yeah, he was very well, very well respected and very well
1: known. Yeah, he was a good-natured uh, elder. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran the bookshop in Glasgow Central Mosque for a, a number of years yeah. um, as well. So he passed away in two thousand and seven. I think he reached a hundred years uh, yeah. of age. But uh, so glad you brought him up because that's one of the uh, early childhood. Uh, uh, role models yeah. That I would have And again yeah. in, in the early days You don't see people As role models it's Just somebody that you love And you yes. follow yeah. And you, you, you learn from yeah. So you know He was born in 1907 In, in British India um, In Ludhiana In Punjab mm. And uh, listening to his stories Of growing up Of hardship That many of our you know, uh, subcontinental yeah. families came from those kind of difficult times. Yeah. Uh, you had the, the, you know, the tension um, during the wars. Yeah. Uh, World War One was uh, affected, uh, India and Pakistan, Bangladesh, as World War Two did as well. Then they had the partition yeah. um, and then he came over to the Pakistan side, um, and he only spent, I think, uh, about 15 years in Pakistan before he came to the UK in the early 60s and mm. came to Glasgow. I always asked him why he came to Glasgow mm. and why mm. he didn't go to Bradford or, mm. or, or, or East London. So he came to Glasgow because in, in the, when he was in the British Indian Army, one of his captains... Uh, was from Glasgow. He yeah. was a. He was a. Uh, apparently, right. he was a policeman yeah. in Glasgow. He joined uh, the war effort and and he was sent out to Burma, where my grandfather was as well. So, um, and because he knew Glasgow through his captain, uh, for some reason he came here and and, and he, he knew somebody here anyway, so yeah. that helped. Yeah. So early seventies, growing up in in uh, in Glasgow, obviously um, different era, different time. Uh, went to school in Glasgow, went to high school in, in shalin's Academy uh, in the mm-hmm. 80s. Um, and again, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My class in uh, in uh, shalin's Academy was very mixed. It was mm-hmm. very diverse. We had uh, Indians, mm-hmm. Pakistani, Sikhs, Hindu, mm-hmm. uh, Muslim, Christian, non-Christian, faith, non-faith. After that, um, I went to university at South Clyde. And I did a degree in economics and law, graduating in 1994, mm-hmm. 95. I finished my studies completely. Um, and I went around some recruitment fairs looking yeah. for uh, the best opportunities to, to start a career. I was interested in banking. Right. Um, however, a recession was on and, and uh, the banking sector was cutting back. Yeah. Uh, and the recruiting fair was a number of stalls. Strathclyde Police had a stall there as well, and I picked up an application form, mm-hmm. and I just completed all the application forms I had um, and posted them all away. Mm-hmm. And um, I got uh, rejected in, in many uh, uh, applicant uh, applications. Uh, the police application took twelve months to to complete, as in the process, uh, which included two separate interviews, a home visit. Uh, they visited my house and, and spoke to my my family at the time right. as well. Uh, I did a fitness test. And all in all, this process took 12 months.
0: Did you, did you at the time, have people saying to you, look, like, what are you doing with the police? I mean, you said you were the only Asian that actually uh, was in your... Passing training, on, yeah, training. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know, people at that time were very suspicious of the police and things, well, weren't
1: they? Uh, I think people are, yeah, at that time, especially, and, and, and you know, people are, you know, the, the police is a unique organization or a unique entity um, that people always have some views or negative views about it. So, yes, when I was um, going through the process or when I was applying, uh, I did get many negative views. Um, but the, but the thing is, I never thought of anything. I just thought of applying for a job, and right. for a career, and I never thought anything about the police. Mm-hmm. I just applied. I I looked into it. Obviously, I knew there was shift work. There was going to be night shift and mm. maybe tough and dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it. I just yeah. went for it, and.
0: I- I remember actually, I, I don't mind saying it, but I, I knew you from those days and I remember meeting you once and you were telling me that you were thinking of of going into the police and I didn't actually think much of it myself, but I remember you saying that, you know, because you'd already been to university and you were a graduate, that there might have been some kind of accelerated program or uh, something, because I know some people that went to London and, and they, they went from university, did the yeah. university degree and then... Into so the,
1: the there is there, there, at that time as well, there was an accelerated promotion scheme, mm-hmm. but that doesn't work until two years after you're in the police. Ah, okay. and, and, and here's the thing that everybody applies yeah. for the police at the same level right. in equal terms. It okay. doesn't matter what background you came from. In, and even in the 90s, that was the case when mm-hmm. I joined. Mm-hmm. Um, then a police officer has a two-year probationary period. So two year, you're not, Mm. you're not, you know, contractually, you're still in your probation. And two years later, you then have the opportunity to do exams. Mm. In those days, we had to do three different exams. Mm. And if you wanted to apply for the accelerated promotion scheme, you did the three exams all at once and you applied for the promotion scheme. And, uh, And if you got accepted, then you went on the accelerated program. Now, that's quite tough to do, Mm -hmm. and the number of places were quite small. Um, I didn't take that option. I didn't apply for the promotion scheme. The the reason is once I realized, as I said earlier, that when I went out there to Easter House Mm -hmm. and realized that my university education was helpful in my communication skills, for example, however, you really Mm -hmm. needed to understand from a ground level It's not something that you can become educated into it. You have to learn. You have to understand because you're dealing with people at their weakest moments, at their most vulnerable moments in life when you're dealing with issues, families or or violence. Um, So that can't be just taught uh, in books. So two, three years later, you can apply for an accelerated promotion scheme and then there is that scheme. Um, But that wasn't the incentive that I you know had in mind when mm-hmm. i applied for the police
0: if you had, if you had to advise somebody now going into the police would you tell them to go even if they are interested in the police would you advise them to go into university first
1: well it depends on on, on what stage of life they're at mm-hmm. um you know i think that uh to be a police officer you should have some life experience you know um a couple of years doing something different uh, to make you a more rounded person, mm. to come in with a more worldly experience and view. Um, I don't think somebody coming from high school, going straight into mm. the police service, uh, you know, and, uh, it, it may not be beneficial mm. to them. Um so if you ended up doing something for a couple of years and that mm-hmm. included maybe going to university or college, then so mm-hmm. be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you find yourself in the early twenties, yeah. you're looking for a career, then definitely I would be saying go for it. Yeah. Um, but going back to uh, when I applied and, and what your question was about, uh, people's views, the thing we have to remember, and this is my bit of advice to, to people today, and it's not just young people, mm-hmm. it's, it's, Almost all age groups uh, up to a level, male and female, uh, I would say the same. Don't think too much. The problem mm. we have in our lives is that, or even in our culture, mm-hmm. is that we look too deep into things. Mm-hmm. I think that, see if it's legal, mm. if it's not hurting anybody, yeah. and it's something you want to do, and it's in your heart yeah. that you feel like doing, you should make the move yeah. and, 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 and head on that journey and mm. head towards that goal that you want to do. So I never thought twice about joining the police, apart from looking into what it involved and what the the conditions were of service. Mm. But you know what, you should be going for it. Yeah. And and these diverse community uh, communities, all communities. Mm. Um. And this is a good thing about Scotland. Mm. Um. Uh, the, the United Kingdom uh, in general, we have our rules, we have our uh, procedures. We have rights, yeah, okay, use them, yeah, use yeah. those facilities. My grandfather used to yeah. say uh, in the early uh eighties when I was a child that uh the education system is mostly free, yeah uh in the United kingdom yeah. in Scotland, there's no tuition fees in yeah. higher, and it's it used to be freer then it was freer <laughs> then, yeah. absolutely, yeah, but school's free, yeah, high yeah. school's free, yeah, uh many college courses are free, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we should be taking advantage of education and good education and relevant Mm -hmm. education, Mm -hmm. not just time-pass education, you know. um, You know, it helps. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, you know, I think the state of uh, uh, our communities in Scotland are are good, are Mm -hmm. much better, you know, particularly, obviously, Muslims you were talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a good number of youngsters that are in education um, in our communities that will make our society better, mm-hmm. our communities better mm-hmm. as, as we go forward. Um, I have to also say what I've picked up over over mm-hmm. over the years is um, gender inequality. Yeah. Um, it's out there. Yeah. Uh, we hear more about it just now, but again it's something that we must highlight mm. you, me, and many others that may be listening or being part of community uh, activism is that Asian or minority ethnic mm. females, mm. you know, we have the additional baggage see, um, yeah. uh, of culture, yeah. of conservatism, yeah. and maybe even religion, yeah. uh, all wrapped up that has too many rules mm. and restrictions, um and mm. the girls yeah. the females yeah. are actually doing better at school yeah. at uh, uh uh university or uh, higher education further education so they've got that enormous talent yeah. um but then they are restricted self-imposed many a time, yeah. um or through uh, uh you know uh, family structures um and I, I, I strongly believe and I have believed this from, uh, from a number of years and, and many of my friends are also, uh, of the same view that, you know, you can achieve mm. at the highest level mm. and at the same time be respectful to your culture and mm. your religion. Mm. And, and we must push, mm. push, uh, th- this agenda. Mm. We must help and open the doors, um, uh, for our, Communities, and this is not just Muslim community. This yeah. is our Sikh yes. communities, yeah. our Hindu communities, Jewish communities, and yeah. and various minority communities. We we tie ourselves up mm. in culture restrictions, uh, cultural restrictions, I and mean, conservatism. I was going to ask you. I mean,
0: you you you've kind of answered and touched on um a lot of the kind of female sisters from our ethnic minorities and how they aren't maybe taking up uh, chances in the police force as much as the males but even then um you know you were around what 22 20 years ago you were the only asian in the police force and even now um when people are passing out i think you told gave me some figures and i was actually quite shocked at the number of um uh, kind of ethnic minorities that were actually coming out of tilly allen and, and passing out uh, i think you said something like was it something like eight out of Two hundred was it? Or no, um, I'm not me. I've got that figure wrong. So yeah, um,
1: um, what I when I joined the police twenty two years ago, I wasn't the only Asian. I, there was, I think, two other mm. uh, Asian, two or three Asians. Uh, I think uh, maybe a, a, few, a small number of minority ethnic mm. uh, in Strathclyde Police at the time. Uh, I think uh, uh, the first Asian police officer as. As I remember who did the full service was Del Singh. Um, right. who, How long ago was that? Uh, I, I, the, he was in the police in the eighties. Uh, I think um, I'm not sure when he joined, uh-huh. but uh, he was around. Uh, he was a sergeant when I joined uh, I'd met him a couple of times but he, you know he was yeah. um, uh, much higher in service at that time uh, we had uh, another officer at the time Amr Shakur uh, mm-hmm. who joined in the, the mid 80s in fact he only retired in December 2016, sorry, year, uh, 2017 17, sorry, 17, yeah. yep and uh, he did his full year service as well and uh, if I had some challenges uh, which weren't many mm-hmm, I have to mm-hmm. say uh, I'm sure that they would have had uh similar or a bit more because they had joined earlier um we were talking about figures um probably just less than one percent of police officers in scotland are from a minority ethnic background mm. and that's very low mm-hmm. okay um other police forces in, I mean, in england
0: when how many people would would um, pass out of see Tilly Allen, or the, you know, when to qualify as a yeah. police officer. So, how, how, what kind of numbers are we talking about? So, for
1: example, uh, 2017 figures that uh, I, I'm uh, knowledgeable of, um, in 2017, uh, between 7 and 10% of the passing out parade uh, were people from a minority mm-hmm. ethnic background.
0: So, 7 to 10% would be how many. How many people would you have coming out at one time in a batch? Well,
1: it depends on it depends on the course. Mm-hmm. So September the 8th, 2017, mm-hmm. I was involved in the passing out parade at Tully Allen. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I believe there was something like 226 recruits that had passed out. Mm-hmm. And out of the 226 recruits, 24, I mm-hmm. believe, uh 23 or 24 were from a minority ethnic background mm-hmm. and within that 23 uh 24 number i, I mentioned i uh, remember that uh, i think there were 6 people from a Pakistani background, mm-hmm. four from an Indian background, four, mm-hmm. uh, I think f- uh, six from an Indian background as well. There was three or four Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one Hungarian, one Turkish, one mm-hmm. Finn. Um, so there was a variety of people f- uh, backgrounds uh, from the minority ethnic backgrounds. But I have to say that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And the reason that number has increased, that passing out parade in September the 8th, 2017, was a milestone for policing in Scotland because Mm. never before had... That was 10% of the passing out parade maximum ever. Mm. Normally, we would have maybe one or two a year from a minority background. And the reason that they were able to do that was since 2016, in the recruiting department, there has been a positive action Mm. team, a team that have been actively going out to minority communities to Mm. almost like Mm -hmm. headhunt or tap Mm -hmm. people on the shoulder and say, I think you'd be good for a police officer to to, to, to join up. So that positive action has been going on over the last year or two. Mm -hmm. And because of that, this number has uh, increased in 2017. And we're hoping in 2018 this year as well, Mm. um, there'll be uh, an increase. Now, to put this into perspective mm. this is proportionate yeah okay this is proportionate and the variety of september 8th mm. 2017 mm. Uh, minority mm-hmm. ethnics that joined and i've given you that you know there was you know a variety mm-hmm. of people from yeah. a variety of yeah. backgrounds yeah. this is not just about to get more muslims or more sikhs or more mm. pakistanis yeah. or yeah. indians and yeah. in this is not what this is about this is about being more reflective of our society in scotland sure, sure. you know of our minorities, all our minorities, including Polish, Eastern European. Uh... I mean
0: that that that's great. Um, although I do think uh, you know, it does occur to me that I think the largest number of ethnic minorities, I think, is the Pakistani community, which essentially are more Muslims. And then you've got other people from Iraq and places like that. It still doesn't seem like a huge number overall. No, no. But do you think this, we have to not... look at you know progress? <laughs> well. <sighs>
1: Uh, look, progress, no matter how small it is, yeah. is still, by definition, progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I am impressed with the numbers yeah. uh, that came into the police service in 2017, mm. and I'm hoping in 2018 we'll have more. And, and not just in west of Scotland, not just in Glasgow area, uh, we're looking at east of the country and north Aberdeen area, for example, um, the positive action team have have done mm-hmm. recruiting events in Aberdeen. Um, I went one weekend with them uh, for one day, and and again I was mm-hmm. impressed with the intake. Um, of interest up there. Now, I, I think the, the largest minority community is actually probably the Polish community in Scotland mm-hmm. um, and then the, the Pakistani community uh, oh, really? a, the, after the, that. Yeah, Eastern European. Yeah. Um, and all. also, if you think about the concerns um, the Eastern European communities mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. Uh, especially around Brexit, mm-hmm. these are all things that the positive action mm-hmm. team are able to help and support and guide. you know. So if somebody was joining yeah, the police yeah. today that yeah. uh, was of Polish national yeah. background, um, this team gives that extra support and help. Now, just to clarify on that as well, this is positive action mm. supporting team that help people through the process mm. of applying.
0: Mm.
1: Once they apply, mm. they go into the recruiting department like anybody else. Okay. All right. Okay. So there's no favoritism here. Okay. This is a sort of a pre-application support.
0: Can I ask you when you when you talk about um, the ethnic minorities coming through? I remember uh, just a little while ago they, they've actually changed the uniform. So now uh, Muslim females can actually wear hijab now. Is that right? Yes.
1: So that was highlighted again in 2016, yeah. and 2017 yeah. as well. Now before that. Uh, There was no actual policy, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that if somebody wanted to join that wore the turban, for example, um, or the hijab, Mm -hmm. um, that some reasonable adjustments may be made or that matter would be accepted or discussed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it would be either agreed upon or a solution would be sought. What had happened was, which received some some positive media coverage, um, was that uh, Police Scotland had made a policy Mm -hmm. saying that if a female who was wearing a hijab Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to join the the police service, uh, she would Mm -hmm. be able to do so. Um, We have officers that have joined uh, the police from the Sikh community Mm -hmm. um, in 2017 um, who wear the turban, Mm -hmm. and that's accepted. So, yes, it is more inclusive. Mm -hmm. The idea is for a police service to be reflective of the communities it serves. And one of the barriers of some Muslim uh, females may have been that they wear the hijab. Not all Muslim females wear the hijab, and the police know that as well. But if somebody wore the hijab and wanted to join the police service, they should be able to do so now a bit easier. Okay.
0: Um, So, obviously, uh, Chief Inspector, you, you are a Muslim. You are a practicing Muslim. How does your faith stand up when you kind of see the things that you have to do as a as a as a police officer, I mean, how does that affect your faith? Does it knock it sometimes? Does it enhance it? I mean, what what, what How does it affect you and your sort of you personally in your sort of job?
1: That's a a really good question. Um, again, uh, it has to be discussed uh, a wee bit uh, it's not as simple as just being Muslim or non-Muslim mm. or, or or being Christian or Jewish or, or whatever it may be of your religion mm. in the past few years some of my work has involved uh, multi-faith work yeah I have actively been involved in the Jewish community, for example, uh, Hindu communities, Sikh communities, and Baha'i community, for example, yeah. Buddhists as well. And yeah. I've actually went uh, to many of these, um, yeah. places of worship around Scotland. Mm. And I have to say my faith is, is, is bigger than just Islam. Yes. Um, I, I, I am, I, um, you know, quite happy to say openly mm-hmm. that. I believe in all religions. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. Um, and I also believe in people that don't have organized faith mm-hmm. but still are spiritual mm-hmm. and 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 be uh, of faith of mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. inner faith, for example. So I I, I I I don't want to kind of box myself into it. And mm-hmm. I think for our society uh, as we go forward, um, we must embrace mm-hmm. all faiths, all um backgrounds openly uh, and it's not just about tolerance, yeah. it's about cohesion it's yeah. about community cohesion as we go forward Now, the, just to to, yeah. to, uh, to answer your question be a bit about how some things may knock your own beliefs your own faiths, yes that does sometimes happen, not even just mm-hmm. as a police officer, mm-hmm. but some of the things that we see in currently in uh, places like uh, uh, what's happening uh, with the Rohingya yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, communities, yeah. um, or, or, or the Syrians, for example? Okay. So um, uh, issues uh, that do sometimes knock your your uh, beliefs and faith, and what's happening to the these people in in, in the Middle East in Syria, And Syria. I and, mean, like the average say,
0: the average Muslim in the street does get quite angry when they see this. I mean, obviously, you're you're in a kind of in a different position, I'm not saying you're going to be angry in the same way and you have to, but does it affect No, the
1: way uh, you? I'm not. I, I, again, I'm, I, I don't get angry. I might get annoyed, um, uh, get disappointed yeah. uh, a lot, uh, of, of when you view these things. But, you know, you, you're saying something as a police officer. How does it, you know, I, I don't directly deal in those kind of uh, areas because I'm in the quality and diversity unit now and I was in, um, Frontline policing before that as well, but you know some of the, some of the issues that we hear of, some of my police colleagues that deal mm-hmm, with, for mm-hmm. example, sexual crimes, yeah. uh, child abuse. Yes, these are the kind of things that when we yeah. think about, we think, you know, what's the, you know, mm. you know why did that innocent person have to suffer uh, mm. in 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 certain, you know, situations? So yes, it does, but we have to keep our beliefs and. Faith, strong. And this is the one good thing about the police service as well, mm-hmm. is because you realise very early on, now, there is a code of ethics in the police yeah, service. Yeah. Um, and without even it being in a code of ethics, this was me as a person, and, mm-hmm. and many of my colleagues are, and mm-hmm. many people around me are as well that are not in the police. And the code of ethics of the police uh, is integrity, fairness, and respect. Mm-hmm. And I have that before I even read the Code of Ethics. Yeah, I believe in that. Yeah. you know. I believe in integrity, my own integrity. I, I believe in fairness for everybody and absolutely everybody. And you might even think, you know, when I'm dealing with the right wing, mm. I actually be, believe in their fairness as well. Yeah. I need to understand where they're coming from mm. because... They're not all bad and mm-hmm. I might sound like somebody that... What I mean is there's vulnerabilities there There's misinformation yes, there yeah. There's ignorance out there Education helps, yeah. right? So we don't write off people yeah. Because we may not agree with them Yes, I may not agree with their views Or understandings I will try to Understand deal with them Respectfully well. yeah, and part of the sure. code of ethics Now if somebody breaks the law And, and, and commits a crime That's crossing the line, and we'll deal with that. I'll deal with that. But before that, in that what I talk about in the non-criminal space, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to have a conversation with anyone from any background.
0: Okay. Well, look, I want to ask you a question that I once asked a police officer, actually on Radio Ramadan, and I I didn't get a really satisfactory answer. But what I said to them was, look, it is Radio Ramadan. Most of the people listening in are going to be Muslims from the Muslim background. Do you think having a Muslim faith, Islamic faith, actually makes you a better citizen in the UK today? Yeah, of course. practicing it. it. Yeah.
1: I think it does, and it should. Yeah, But it's not just Islam that makes you a better person. Somebody who becomes more practicing in their faith is always beneficial for them in their yeah. spiritual life. The issue we have is the but intolerance. You, but
0: in terms of the rest of the community, I mean, this is the thing, yes, in, in their spiritual life, maybe, but for the rest of the community what do you see as uh, as somebody actually on the other end having to deal with disruptions in the community? If somebody becomes intolerant, then that becomes
1: an issue, okay? It may not be a police issue, but it certainly is a community issue, all right? Now, just to clarify that to that point, there are people who understand their religion better and they become better all-rounded people, mm-hmm. male and female. Yeah, okay. There are people that start on a journey to understand faith yeah. and Islam better yeah. and they get sidetracked into some kind of views that may not be so tolerant. And that's, again, within within Islam as well, within even Sunni Islam as well. You know, they become embroiled in their sub Groups, sub-movements, maybe one movement and they don't believe in the other movement and Mm -hmm. then they believe the other movement is wrong and and they may still be Sunni Muslims, for example. Mm -hmm. Forget even being, uh, you know, from other uh, sects. So, to answer that question, it's not as simple as saying if somebody's on a journey of becoming better Muslims that they are better Muslims. We need to be able to see that those people are inclusive. Mm -hmm. There are many, many people on that journey that I know personally um that are very understanding, very tolerant. They have uh, a clear uh, understanding of their own spirituality and of all the people around them. The issue I have with and that we should all have mm-hmm. with as a community is people that become intolerant yeah. of male, female, of other groups yeah. or ages of children. And, the, and that is what is Possibly the issue in our community that sometimes not recognised, and it's like a taboo subject okay. that people don't want to talk about. Okay.
0: And do do you see the future as being bright for the for the Muslims of of Scotland and Glasgow I'm, uh, in the next? I ultimately like 10, fifteen years.
1: I'm I'm ultimately an optimist. Um, I think we should. There's a lot of good work and a lot of good people in our community that do really good positive work and we need to keep doing that. We need to help each other. We need to be working in partnership and supporting each other and ultimately uh, we will succeed over the negative that is out there.
0: Inshallah. Uh, on that note, um, Chief Inspector Shane, I've noticed my car is parked on double yellows. So I just want to say I'm going to have to move quite quickly. I want to say thank you very much for coming into the studio today and speaking to us uh, on Journey to Sex, Success. And inshallah, I wish you all the more success. Thank you very much. Sa'dah. Sa'dah. Thank you. Sa'dah. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at ARK.com or check out the ARK Media app.